Everybody, thank you so much for tuning in to Cultivate Church Online. We're so honored you're here with us. To all of our guests, welcome. Thank you so much for tuning in. We're in the final installment of a series we've called Reruns, and we've done this for the last nine years. It's one of our favorite series here at Cultivate Church. And maybe if you haven't been here physically, I would invite you to be here in the room. There is nothing like being in the room at Cultivate Church. As much as I enjoy being a part of everybody being able to tune in online, there really is nothing quite like gathering with God's people together, lifting him up physically. So I would encourage you to be a part at one of our campuses, Columbiana or Alabaster, this next week at 9 or 1015. We're going to dive in. This week we're watching Abbott Elementary. I love reruns because we just get to watch television and bring out gospel principles out of these tele- out of some of our favorite television shows. And Abbott Elementary is a show, it's an American mockumentary sitcom on ABC that aired December 7th, 2021. It's crazy funny. Today we're going to be watching the pilot episode, the very first one. And in this episode we see Janine and a second uh, grade teacher Uh, she's in a low-income Philadelphia school system, and her, along with her colleagues, are really just trying to do what's best for their kids. And in scene number one, we see that Janine is struggling to adapt in a really tough school environment. We see a veteran teacher, Barbara. She seems to know the secret, and Janine really wants to learn from her. So I'm going to pray, and we're going to dive into scene number one. Father, thank you for your word. It's alive and breathing and for us. It inspires us, corrects us, and equips us for every good work that you've called us to do. And so, God, I pray that you meet us where we are today, but don't leave us where you find us. God, that we would leave this place, leave, walk away from this message, wherever we're tuned in from, um, inspired to live our lives on purpose in a way that honors you. Thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, check out scene number one. Oh, Nina. Excellent sentence structure. Let me see. My favorite movie is Toy Story, and my favorite character is Woody. Good. Mine too. Well, more of a buzz girl. I love his ambition. Right, guys? Yes. Okay, let's see. Uh, Brittany, my favorite movie is American Gangster, and my favorite character is Frank Lucas. Okay, that is a great sentence, and I will be having a third talk with your mom about what you're watching at home. Miss Teague, Andrew hit me. Andrew, apologize. One, two, three, four. I'm Janine Teagues. I've been teaching second grade here at Abbott Elementary for a year now. Eight, nine. As a product of the Philadelphia school system, I'm proud to say I survived and now teach here today. All right, guys, so there have been three presidents since this one, okay? It's an old book, so here's where I taped in the others. I'd say the main problem in the school district is, yeah, no money. Uh, The city says there isn't any, but they're doing a multi-million dollar renovation to the Eagle Stadium down the street from here. But we just make do. I mean, the staff here is incredible. They're all amazing teachers. I really look up to them all. Well, I look up to the older ones. We younger teachers are still getting the hang of it if we don't end up leaving. Look, I know this school is rough, but I became a teacher to make sure students come out alive. And after learning a lot in my first year, I finally feel on top of things. Jamal, what are you doing? I had to go and the toilets don't work. And the rug was plan B. 
mean? Why are you putting that rug away? Erica, I told you to call me Miss Teagues. I'm an adult, though we are almost the same height, and there's a little bit too much pee on it. Oh. Yeah, but where are we sit for story time? <sighs> I will figure something out, okay? Losing the rug is a big deal. For primary classes, rugs are like a calming space for the kids. It's like a Xanax. Like a huge Xanax for kids to sit on. Janine, turn that down, please. I'm trying to teach my kindergartners the letter C, and they are distracted by this song. Hey, guys, um, could you sit down, please? Guys, I'm going to count to three. One, two. And I am not counting. Sit down. I'm Barbara Howard, woman of God. I do my work, I go home. I get my nails done every week, and I love teaching. That is incredible, Miss Howard. Can't wait to get on that level. Where is your class, by the way? Out in the hallway in a single file. Really? Mm-hmm. You know, Miss Howard, you remind me so much of my favorite teacher from the third grade, Miss Elliot. She was well-dressed, good with kids, a wizard with a glue gun. Thank you, Janine. That is very kind yeah, of you. Yeah, I, I wanted to be just like her, actually. I was, like, obsessed with her. She wrote my report card note, needs friends her own age, a bit clingy. She was a hoot. Yeah. Anyway, hey, did you get my email about the two of us hanging together after school, or...? No, it must have gone to spam. It's so crazy how my emails do that with you and nobody else. Ah, class, turn around. Bye, Mom. I'm sorry, Miss Howard. Bye, Miss Howard. So we see she really wants to do what's right. She really wants to learn. Barb seems to know the secret, and Janine really wants to learn from her. You know, I've, I've noticed something in the Bible and in, in Scripture. In Matthew chapter 11, Jesus models some things really well for us. He says it in this. He said, Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle at heart. You will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and my burden is light. I've learned some things that we can do everything our way in life. Or we can choose to take the yoke of Jesus. We can choose to learn from the teachings of Jesus in our life. I know that Janine really wants to learn a new way. and We see that. We don't, we don't necessarily see that Barb's really willing and able to teach her at that moment. And there's some things that we can all learn in our own life. There's a right way to do it and a wrong way. A correct way and a wrong way to do it. I know some things. Jesus modeled a lot of things really, really well. But two things that I want to share with you today that I think he modeled really well. Number one is he modeled example really, really well. He was a living example on how to live life. It's why his disciples were always asking him to show them how to do things. Maybe you've got people in your own life that model things well. You seem to think that they do things appropriately. Have you ever asked them, how do you do that? I would love to learn from you. He showed them how to do things. He was a very good example to those around him. And then he modeled community. Number two, he modeled community really well. He had acquaintances, many of them, right? So many people followed Jesus that knew him. Then he had 12 disciples that he discipled, that he invested into. But if you read the Gospels really close, you'll notice that he had three really close friends, confidants, people that he did every ounce 
of life with. Jesus was a great model. We should always be looking for those in our life. There's three principles that I try to live by that I think we should all live by, that I think Janine really did try. You can see being modeled in her own life. Number one, you need to look up and learn. There should always be somebody in my life that I'm willing and wanting to learn from. The Bible says it this way in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 5, let the wise listen to these Proverbs and become even wiser. Solomon actually wrote much of the Proverbs for his son. And he was hoping that they would look up, that his son would look up and learn from his mistakes, learn from his wisdom. We should always be looking for someone in our life who's a little bit further along in their faith, who's a little bit further along in their career, who's a little bit further along in their marriages, that we can learn from. I love that one. Number two, we need to look around and carry there should be somebody in our life who can help carry the burdens with us. Who are you lightening the load for? Galatians 6 and 2 says, Share each other's burdens, and in this, in this way, obey the law of Christ. He says in verse 3, If you think you're too important to help someone, you're not fooling. You're only fooling yourself. You're not that important. We should always be looking up to learn. There should be someone, colleagues, people, friends around us that we're carrying each other's burdens for. We should care about one another. I love that Janine was hoping that she could get some help. It didn't seem like that was going to happen. She was, she was wanting to learn, carry each other's burdens as well. And then number three, look down to help. Who are you mentoring? Who below you? Who behind you? Who's new in their faith? New on the job? New in their marriages? New in a season of life that you've got a little experience in that you can help them along the way? Paul told us this. He modeled it. He said, you should imitate me as I imitate Christ. So look up. Look around. Look down. It's a principle of God's word. Jesus modeled it so well. How are we, as followers of Jesus, making the difference in others' lives, learning from those ahead of us, and serving those behind us? Scene number two, we'll see that we see that cynicism and um, uh, uh, chaos ensues in the school. Barb seems to know what to do, but she also seems a little callous from her years of experience. So check this out. Guys, I need a new rug. Mine is officially done. Mm, me too. I shook mine out and all of the asthma kids had to go to the nurse's office. Yeah, mine's busted. And you can't class up a rug like you can a couch with a nice coat of plastic. Hey, yo! What it do, baby boobs? What y'all think about this little film crew I brought in here? Distracting, makes our jobs harder. But exciting. We about to be on TV. Because they are covering underfunded, poorly managed public schools in America. No press is bad press, Barb. Look at Mel Gibson, still thriving. <laughs> Daddy's home too? Hilarious! <laughs> Ava's our principal. She has a unique take on her job. She's bad at her job. What's unique is that she's bad at her job. There you are. Ava, can I talk to you? Uh, I need an aide. I'm outnumbered in there. The kids are crazy. One of them told me to mind my six this morning. I don't know what that means. I need help. Calm down. <laughs> They're just kids. And besides, AIDS costs money, and we don't have that. Right, but I just... <laughs> Do you want to split your salary with somebody else? No. No, no, I didn't think so. Well, if we can't get AIDS, maybe we can get new rugs. All I'm hearing is new, 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 need, need, need. And yet Barb, one of our best and most senior teachers here, 
She never complains. But it's just secret, Barb. Knowing there's not much you can do, Ava. So understanding. Be like Miss Howard, people. But I'm not Miss Howard. Oh. Tina, look, just try some counting exercises. Somewhere between one and 40, the kids calm down. Uh, oh. You know, a little support might help make things happen, ladies. My support was gonna do about as much as that five-year-old bra you've got on right there. Hey, it's not impossible to get things. Melissa asked for those new toy cash registers for her classroom and got them. Yeah, those aren't toys. I know a guy who worked at Walmart demolition. I got a guy for everything. I know a guy right now working the stadium build. Need rebar? Mm -hmm. Melissa is resourceful, capable. Well, I think the younger teachers are capable. Really? Then why is it that Miss Schwartz's hair is falling out? Why does Jacob here need a smoking break every five minutes? I switched to an herbal thing. And why can't any of you stick it out longer than two years? More turnovers than a bakery. I think we should still try for rugs. Yeah. You know, before I taught here, I was in Zimbabwe. I was doing Teachers Without Borders, and what I learned... Jacob, what did I say about, like, not talking about your time in Africa? You, I told you, you told to stop. To yeah, it's weird. The new teacher track record here isn't great, but ultimately, we are passionate and capable of doing this job. Ginny, Miss Schwartz just kicked for John, and everyone's in the hallway going crazy. Wait, what? All right, all right, calm down, calm down. What happened? He hit me first. Liar! I'm a liar. I'm the liar. I wonder if she tried counting. You know what I've learned? That bitterness and negative attitudes typically happen because we allow anger to control our actions. We see that Barb wasn't really in the, in the mood to be a helping hand. She wasn't really in the mood to serve those under them. She wasn't looking down to see who she could help. She knew what to do. She, could, she knew how to, how to respond. She wasn't interested in helping those around her. You know, that happens to a lot of us. You know, life has a way of just callousing our hearts. Life has a way of hardening those parts of us that would make a difference in those around us. The Bible talks about it in James chapter 1. He warns us about it. He says, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Human anger doesn't produce the righteousness that God desires. So what does he say? Get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word that God has planted in your hearts, for it has the power to save your souls. Life's got such a great way of beating us down, beating you down if you let it. If I'm not careful, I'll allow my anger to turn to bitterness. I'll wake up one day and just not care about anything going on around me other than myself. Maybe you're there today. Maybe you've just got a cynical heart. Maybe you've, got, you've allowed bitterness to creep in just a little bit. Maybe things haven't gone your way so many times and you've allowed that to happen. You, you weren't quick, you're no longer quick to listen and slow to speak and you're no longer slow to get angry. Now you've allowed the things of life just to kind of beat you down and you've got the answers, you've, you've adapted, you've learned how to survive, but you're not interested in helping those around you. You're, not, you're no longer interested in anything other than yourself. Well, the Bible goes on to tell us in the book of James, hey, when it says, accept the word that God's planted in your heart, if you'll read just a little bit further, it says, don't just be a hearer of the word, 
but be a doer. I must be a participator. I must figure out a way to participate in what God's called me to, through, to do through his word. And we just read it in, in the last scene that he's called me to bear one another's burdens. He's called me to mentor those behind me. He's called me to look ahead and learn, not allow anger and bitterness to seep into my heart, to be rooted into my spirit, that it, that it causes me not to care and be compassionate about those around me. Listen, Listen, don't just be a listener, James 1.22 says, but be a doer of the word. It's not enough that I know the right thing to do. I've got to do it. I've got to put action to my knowledge. See, that's where knowledge turns into wisdom. And what kind of life am I living if I know the right things to do, but I'm so uh, focused on myself only that I forget to help those around me. Come on, what does it look like in your life today? Are you cynical? Have you allowed bitterness to creep in? Have you allowed anger to creep in? Are you no longer willing to help those around you? Scene number three, we see why Barb's glass tends to be half empty <laughs> most of the time. Check out the last, check out scene number three. You do not hit a kid. It's like the one thing you don't do. You could threaten them. You can yell at them. Threaten the parents. Mildly embarrass them. I threatened a grandfather once. You just don't kick a kid. There was the bat. You didn't do that. Okay. Oh. So, not good. Ms. Schwartz was out of line and clearly didn't know how to handle her class. Mm -hmm. You hired her. And fired her. They gave me a lot of power around here. It's crazy. <laughs> In the meantime, Mr. Johnson will be watching her class. Wait, so Mr. Johnson, the janitor? That's who runs the world, kids. I think maybe we should alert the school district to this. I mean, a child mm -hmm. was harmed. Hey! Harmed? I handle this. No need to let them know that a child was harmed on my on the school's watch, to be clear. Ava, this is not handled. There is a 70-year-old custodian who voted for Kanye teaching social studies right now. We need help. Look, I know we don't have any money. Okay, all right. I'll make a small emergency budget request to the district, and you guys can get pencils and hire aides or whatever else you need. So, even rugs? Sure. Just email a request. Well, okay, I can, I can write an email. <laughs> Another day in principal life. I believe the children are future Yes. Hear that? Ask and receive. Mm. All right. Good remember, morning, two Mrs. And two Howard. Equals four. Yes. Sorry. I wanted to get your expert classy eye on my rug request email to Ava. Janine, we are not getting new rugs. We are not getting anything. Barbara, have some faith. Ava literally said she'll get us whatever we need. Janine, I have been working in the Philadelphia School District for 20 years, and Ava is just the latest in a long line of people who do absolutely nothing. Just do your job. This is me doing my job. I think the job means trying to make things better. And I think the job is working with what you've got so you don't get let down. Good morning, teachers. During passing, please come to the front entrance for a special announcement about some much-needed improvements to the school that I made happen. Yes! Oh, do you hear that? Optimism wins again! Oh, thank you, Janine. No problem, Miss Howard. You're doing your job so well, I see a little bit of me in you. You do? Because I always felt we had a lot in common. Oh, Janine, you're so lovely. I got a good feeling about this. Right? Me too. Good morning. Morning. <laughs> Gregory. The district was so moved by my plea that they approved their emergency budget and sent us the money right away. 
Oh, hey, we could have hired AIDS, we could have got rugs. But then I thought, no, we need something more immediate. Oh, no, no, the rugs are immediate. They're, they're like instant Xanax for kids. I explained it all in my email. Girl, who told you to send an email? You did. Anyway, I always feel better when I get my hair done. Thus, I do better work, like I'm doing now. You know, fix the outside. Inside takes care of itself. Y'all seeing this? A plastic sign? Thank God for the school district, because they gave us $3,000 and I had to spend all of it. You spent all of the money on this? Rush job. Can you believe it's quality? <laughs> How's that optimism taste? Barb was doing an incredible job with her bad attitude at tearing down the younger people around her, wasn't she? The young teacher who was trying to make a difference, wanted to bring change, she had allowed her bad attitude to stop her from, bringing, from being life-giving to those around her. At some point along the way, she's allowed her calling to become a job, a J-O-B. Her get-to had become a got-to. Can you relate to that? Has your get-to become a got-to at some point along the way? Maybe it's with your career. Maybe it's in your marriage. Maybe it's in your church. Your get-to has become a got-to. Somewhere along the way, you have forgotten the privilege it is to be able to do and be a part of helping others along the way. Well, Ephesians warns us and it tells us how to do this. It says in Ephesians 4.31, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, listen, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. I know this in my own life, in my own faith journey, an offense left unforgiven only injures you. It only causes harm to you. It leads to harsh words. It leads to slander. It leads to gossip. Eventually, you sink down to missing the mark in what God's called you to do. Who do you need to forgive? Who in your life do you need to let off of the hook and, and in doing so, freeing you from anger, bitterness, hurt, causing you to miss the mark of God's call on your life. Forgive one another. Jesus modeled this in Luke 23 and 24. He said, as he was hanging on the cross, Father, forgive them, for they don't even know what they're doing. What's going on in your life right now? Who has offended you? or harmed you, what circumstance has caused bitterness in your heart that is causing you to tear those down around you? Can I tell you, there are people in your life who want to make a difference and they're wanting to learn from you, but it could be that your bad attitude, that your cynical attitude, the bitterness that has crept into your heart, your get-to has become a got-to. Your calling has become a job, a J-O-B. You're only in it now for yourself. And you'll never make a difference with that kind of attitude. Scene number four, Barb, we see that her heart finally softens enough to offer good advice to young Janine. So check this out. Ava can't win here because if she wins, then Barbara's right. And if Barbara's right, then what does that say about me? I mean, am I even a Sagittarius? Hey, you two. Wait up, I'm going out to lunch too. Oh yeah, where are you going for lunch, Pipsqueak? Bird feeder? Thought you'd be working on your next miracle from St. Ava. 
ha ha, no. I don't think I'll need anything from Ava ever again. What does that mean? <laughs> well, I emailed the superintendent and told him everything that Ava has done today. No way she doesn't get fired. Oh, for the love of God. What? The superintendent never sees our emails. He has them bounced back to the person in charge of where they came from. Wait, I'm sorry. Person in charge? That means the emails go back to... Teachers, it's come to my attention that some of you, one of you, think it's okay to go over my head. So, during lunch break, this lunch break, we'll be having a trust workshop so that we can learn how to become a work family. It's gonna be fun! We are at a crossroads. This is a crisis. No, a crisis is eating the cafeteria pizza for lunch. Oh, why are we here exactly? Well, Chocolate Drop, I learned that someone here doesn't respect me. But it's not about me. Because if you don't respect me, how can you respect this school? You can't. It's mathematically impossible. Well, well who doesn't respect you, Ava? I, I mean, the school. It's not important. We're going to make this a group matter as to not single any one person out. Let's try an exercise where we say whatever we want out loud to each other, no matter how critical. It'll be fun. Let's start with Janine. Janine? Yes? You're pushy, squeaky, and annoying. Excuse me? Oh, that's just No, it's not bad. No, we're sharing with the goal of making us all better. Constructive. She got some big feet. Okay. Everyone, that's enough. I am the person who disrespected Ava. I emailed the superintendent to tell him that she spent the school's money on a sign. I'm sorry, Ava. And I'm sorry everyone missed lunch, especially you, Sheena. But I did it because I care about the kids in this school, and that shouldn't be a bad thing. I... Not a compelling speaker. <laughs> Charisma vacuum, am I right? You know what, Ava? Janine is a lot of things. Naive, bit clingy, too cheerful. Oh, this is good stuff. Let me call her back in. But she is also right. You know, actually wanting to help the children at this school shouldn't be a bad thing. Mm. And where is everybody going? To check on Janine. To eat lunch after I check on Janine. Janine, ignore Ava. Big feet are a sign of fertility. Every lunch period, Barbara. Every single one, Amir comes and naps on the rug. Mm -hmm. He was in my class. Mom's got a lot of kids. Dad's not around, and when he is, the parents fight. Right, so he doesn't get much sleep. I tell him to sleep at his desk, but he says the rug is softer. Softer than his bed at home. You know what? I don't care if you think I'm good at this or not anymore. I care about whether or not I can make a change. Janine, teachers at a school like Abbott, we have to be able to do it all. We are admin, we are social workers, we are therapists, we are second parents. Mm -hmm. Why? <laughs> it sure ain't the money. Mm-hmm. I can make more work in the street. Easy. Look, we do this because we're supposed to. It's a calling. You answered. I believe it was Brother Cornell West. Oh, Don't. Not right now. You want to know my secret? Do everything you can for your kids. We'll help. Hey, I suggest we put our money together and buy Janine the rug. What y'all think? Absolutely. Yes. Guys, you can't. You don't have it. 
I know because I have the same salary as you and I overdrafted on a donut hole this well, morning. Well, what are you gonna do? Steal a rug? Not me, but I know a guy who knows a guy. Way ahead of you. This day hasn't been easy, but it's been good because I finally get what Barbara has been saying. Oh my God, he Go came. Go get it. Hello. Yeah. You have to find a way. Get things done yourself. Hey, thank you so much. What's your name? I got, you got no got name. A name. Okay. Even if the way you do them is outside of the system. <laughs> for my students today. That's huge. It's all any of us want to do. And gave him a piece of tough ash. But no sooner had the man fitted it into his axe head than he quickly began to use it. I was called, I answered, and now I know even with no help from the higher ups and no money from the city, I can get this job done. Come on, wasn't that good? They rallied together. All of the sudden, what had become, what was individualistic, everybody for themselves, you just got to figure it out. Barb's heart was softened enough to begin to offer advice to a young teacher coming up just wanting to make a difference. And it rallied them together. All of the sudden, now they're in community. Now they're trying to work it out. They're coming up with solutions together. Did you know that's a biblical principle? The Bible reminds us in James chapter 5, verse 16, confess your sins to one another, pray for one another so that you can be healed. You see, salvation comes through Jesus alone, but healing comes through community. I believe this, that there's probably people under the sound of my voice who have allowed bitterness and anger to creep into their hearts, to creep into their spirits, and it's caused them to isolate themselves away from authentic community, and now they're struggling. They think that they're strong enough, they're bad enough, they're big enough just to overcome it by themselves. Their, their answer is just to be hardened and calloused, and, and I'll figure it out on my own, and that's not the plan of God for your life. He's designed us to be in community together. I'll share with you one more story, one of my favorite passages of Scripture in Luke chapter 5. You see that there was a group of people with, that carried their friend, a paralyzed man, to Jesus. He couldn't get to him on their own. Had he not been in community, had he not had relationships with people, he would have never found Jesus. Check this out. Some men came carrying Jesus, a paral came carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat. They tried to take him inside to Jesus, but they couldn't even reach him because the crowd was too big. So they went up to the roof and took some tiles off. They dug a hole through the roof, y'all, then lowered the sick man on his mat and down to the crowd right in front of Jesus. And here's the profound part of it. Jesus said, seeing their faith, he said to the man, young man, your sins are forgiven. That is the power of authentic, godly community. Jesus saw the faith of his community. Jesus saw the faith of his friends and forgave his sins. Godly community is more powerful than you could ever imagine. 
If you aren't surrounded by people in your life who can challenge you, who love you, who at times can carry you when you can't even carry yourself, who love God and want to see his best for your life, you're doing it wrong. You're going to find yourself like Barb was early in the scenes. Bitter, hard, calloused, not willing to make a difference. We know that they really only made a difference when they came together. They were really only to come up with solutions when they came together. Maybe you're here today and you've been thriving off of someone else's faith. Maybe you're here today because your wife brought you. Maybe you're here today because your husband brought you or your parents or your friends. They convinced you to tune in. Maybe you've been carried by other people. Maybe you're here today and, and you're a follower of Jesus, but you've just become calloused. Your get-to has become a got-to. And you need to be reminded of the grace of God that just like God forgave you, He wants you to forgive those around you. Maybe you're here today and you need a relationship with Jesus. It all begins with Him. You would simply say, Father, forgive me of my sins. I'm so sorry that I've done it in my own strength and my own abilities. I've been figuring this out by myself. Maybe I've allowed bitterness and anger to callous my heart. I've been trying to do it in my own strength and I realize today that I can't do it. There's power in community and there's power in the blood of Jesus. So Jesus, today I believe with all of my heart that you died on a cross. You came and lived a sinless life. Died on a cross and three days later came back to life to rescue me from my sin. And as a result of that work, I can be forgiven today. So I accept your forgiveness. I, I accept you as my Savior. And from this day forward, I'm going to follow you as my Lord. Thank you for salvation. And Father, I'm thankful for my friends tuning in today that may be following you. They're, they're believers in Jesus, but they've been hardened. Their hearts have been calloused by years of circumstances. And instead of going to community, instead of instead of a leaning into the community you've placed in their life. They've allowed their get-to to become a got-to. They've, they've been just a little calloused. And they've been focused on themselves other than anything else. And so, Father, I pray that you would open up their eyes. You would remove the scales from their eyes and they would see the grace of God, that they would begin to see their marriage through the lens of Jesus. They would begin to see their friendships through the lens of Jesus, their community, their job through the lens of Jesus. God, that we wouldn't wake up and be selfish all about ourselves, but we would look to make a difference in the lives of those around us. God, remind us that if we're breathing, we've got purpose. Inspire us to live our life on purpose this week. You'll get all the honor and all the glory for it. In Jesus' name.